I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Donner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. Today's guest is a woman I met at my friend Michelle Soro's 50th birthday back in June. Most of you know Michelle is the person who had had the podcast accelerator course I was inspired to take and now have this podcast. She also was the person who taught me how to create a course online, my Raising Confidence course, and be confident in live video sales. I never was able to do a live video on Facebook until I took her class. Well, that was my my 2020. It was all growth and expansion. When you meet someone who inspires you or you see what they are doing and it puts this thought in your mind, if she can do it, I can do it. I think those are the people you want to surround yourself with. In each of my courses last year with Michelle, I met some amazing strong women who are on a mission like me to grow and inspire others to do the same. I want everyone to see who they truly are and expand in the short life we have here in this human body on planet Earth. I try to explain this to my girls about friendships. As you get older, you start narrowing down your tribe. And I'm not one to have a ton of friends, but I'm more like the person who believes it's the quality of your friends you surround yourself with that inspires growth and expansion. Even more now in my early 50s, I see that clearer and clearer. Who I choose to spend my time with, if it isn't my family, they must be someone who I see as someone who is striving to uncover their own magic and see it in others like I do. When we were here in our 20s and you know teens and 20s, it's a little different. And I try to explain that to the girls. And most of you will agree, you know, we are on this journey of self-discovery and figuring out what our desires and passions are. Once we get to this, this stage of life, we become crystal clear on the souls we want to share our precious time with and grow with and encourage each other on our own journeys. When I meet someone like my guest today, Sloan, that is who she is to me. When she came up to me at Michelle's birthday party in Santa Monica in the Rose Garden, I could see first of all why Michelle has her in her life. And I knew I wanted to get to know her on a deeper, more spiritual level because I knew she had things to teach me and bring out in me. We had an amazing conversation, and here we are today to share her magic with you on this show, and I cannot wait. She only goes by Sloan, and we will talk about how that came about, and she has this precious daughter around Pressy's age, who I can see because she participated in one of my camps this summer. She is so tuned in to what I believe in, and that is raising fully conscious children with the tools so when they are out on their own, they have the confidence and the knowing They can be, do, or have anything. Before I introduce Sloan to you, please check out my new website. I'm super excited about it. AshleyGonner.com. 
And also while you are there, put your name on the waiting list for my next Raising Confidence course for your kids or the Magic Path course for adults. I also just started an alumni group for the graduates of my program so they can continue to grow and learn and keep the momentum so life becomes even more magical than ever. Because you know me, there is always magic and we are here to live with the mindset so we can create magic each and every day. The links to the programs are also in the show notes, but you can always email me at ashleygonner at gmail.com. Let me tell you a little bit about Sloan before we get started. Rising from the rare combination of being a master life consultant and a former business attorney, Sloan has guided thousands of women worldwide into their greatness in all aspects of business, lifestyle, and pleasure. Sloan previously built a corporate law firm in Santa Monica, California with over 400 clients and then sold her firm as it became clear her true gift is guiding women into and through meaningful change while up-leveling their pleasure and business profitability. She continues to work with mentors to up-level in every area of her life, including her most important roles as a mother, entrepreneur, and purpose-driven woman. Without further ado, please welcome this beautiful soul, Sloan, to the show. Thank you, Ashley. I'm so happy to be here with you. Oh, I am so happy to share somebody when I just was explaining to, in the intro to everybody and to you before we push record, that when we get older, our life becomes, we just have understood friendships along the way and who brings meaning or who sees in you something that you might not have seen or that you can do that for each other. It's an an exchangeable thing. But as I get older, those are the people that I keep into my little tribe. And when I met you at Michelle's birthday, I knew there was something in you and I knew why Michelle had invited you and why you were so important to her in her life and what the connection was between the two of you. I know that the universe connected us for that first for something. I had that feeling and you don't have that feeling all the time. And now that we're here and I have this, and I remember Michelle saying, Ashley, you got to have Sloan on your podcast. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, but I was like, oh my gosh. And then I'm sitting here thinking about you all day for the last few days. Cause I do my like deep Sloan search in my, where it's going to go. And I think, wow, it's amazing when you allow the universe to bring people to you and to know that they're there for a reason and to maybe at the first, like not know why, you know, and I didn't know why I still don't know why, but I know that there is something there. And that is the beauty of being in an awareness, having alignment, being aware of just your light, you know, and when I see that there's something there and I know that it's just beautiful. And so are you. you. So anyway, that's my little Sloan. I loved it. I loved it. It's so special what you're saying, because it's like from the moment you and I met, it was right into juicy conversation, which is the only kind of conversation I want to be having. And then also this idea of allowing relationships to unfold is really special because I used to be the kind of person where it was like, I had everything figured out. I would map it out and I would have to categorize like this person for that and this and that. And, and it's been a process of some years of just allowing like 
okay, am I really enjoying talking to this person? And I felt connected to you from the moment we spoke. Actually, I saw you across the way and I was like, I want to meet that woman. And yeah, and it was really beautiful and it was really lovely to connect on that level. And then just allowing like, let's see where this goes. Right. It's a really special experience to be open and to be in the unknown like that. Right. And, you know, you, you surround yourself with people in that kind of a, you know, with that have like-minded, you know, they're wanting to grow and they're wanting to experience who they truly are and make the most of their being on this earth and what we're here to do the, to the top, you know, like take it to the next level. And that's what you do. And I feel like you've done that your whole life. Like you've, it's kind of like etched away. I've watched your, or tried to learn about you and was reading about you, but I feel like you kind of started, you're always on this journey of going deeper. Is that, am I correct on that? Definitely always on that journey. My whole life has been about following my next inspiration. And it actually began the first real time I can remember fully this being a piece was when I was in high school, I had applied to go to college and I was ready to go. I grew up in the Midwest. So just very regular kind of growing up. And I got this idea because of a woman who was at our high school that I wanted to go live in Ecuador. And so I told my parents, I was like, hey, I actually want to go for my freshman year to go live in Ecuador. And they're just like, what? No, absolutely not. And what are you even talking about? And it was just so random. And I just knew I had to go do that. And so I kept talking about it and I kept whatever. And finally, my dad was like, okay, you can go if you can figure out how to start college there. You can't go and just like hang out, whatever to get started. So I figured all that out and went to a some school in Portland was having exchange students in Guayaquil, Ecuador. And anyway, I made it happen and it changed my life. And that was really the first experience of many of where it doesn't really make sense. It doesn't even necessarily fit in with my plans. And I'm just really consciously now focused on following my inner guidance. And then it was kind of unconsciously focused on it. But what was in Ecuador? What, why was, now looking back at that, what called you there? Oh my gosh. It, the whole experience completely changed my life. I, I would be not only a different human, but I mean, for example, I was in a serious relationship with my high school boyfriend who I wanted to marry. So right. when I've gone married, got married, kind of a more normal track. I don't know what that was, but I just, I always knew I would leave Ohio and I thought I would be going to New York to live. And going to Ecuador was just such a gorgeous life experience on many levels. I mean, I saw every inch of that country went to the Amazon. We went into the mountains, we went everywhere. And I had just almost complete freedom because Ecuador doesn't have laws that are enforced in the way that we do here. So that combined with the fact that I was like the most exotic person ever seen, like in the city I lived in, children would come up and like touch me and they're, want to touch my hair. And it it was like, so that, and you know, I'm, I look kind of regular, like a regular college level woman at that time. And so to go into an environment like that and have just such a complete shift in perspective really changed how I saw myself and the world and opened up a lot of opportunity. 
So you came back and went, what got your law degree back and I went to college and then eventually, yes, went to law school. And yeah. then why law? You don't remind me of that at all. Isn't that just no, like, it's so funny. My dad and I, I couldn't even make this up. He raised us, my brother and I with, you can do anything you want in this life, but you cannot be a lawyer. Oh my god! Like adamant, he's a lawyer and he was adamant about it. And I had a professor in undergrad who he would always say, just go to law school because it teaches you a way to think. And I really didn't want to go to law school until I was out of school for a couple of years. And I had actually moved to Tallahassee, Florida to live with my partner. And I came out of college and I thought, oh, I'm going to create this. I'm going to get an awesome job and create this career. And the only job I could get in this town, which is very like good old boys, old school, who do you know here in Tallahassee kind of environment. The only job I could get was being a a bank teller and a lender at SunTrust Bank. (laughs) And after a year of doing that, I was like, I don't care what I'm going to law school. I'm just doing it. And so I never really intended to be a lawyer. But that did evolve from there. So you grow this firm. I'm kind of fast forwarding it, but I, because I don't know, I don't know your history. So this is so new to me. It's like when people are listening, I'm learning the same as you, but you have this full time, you create this law firm. Yes. So actually what happened first was I became committed that I was going to get a job at a big law firm and I was going to school at Ohio state. I was in good grades, but Basically, I told the career counselor people I wanted to get a job in New York or LA at a big firm. And they were like, no, there's no way that's going to happen because just of this situation that you're in and whatever your grades. And I was like, no, I'm doing it. And so I actually spent two years of law school. I had this big binder. I was traveling to New York and LA to do meeting people. And I was just I don't know. I, some point after that first year, got it into me that I was going to get this most coveted job. So I went to get this job. I, I finally did. I made it happen. And about a year into the job, I found myself really unhappy. It was, it was long hours. It's kind of disconnected corporate work. So I was doing big M&A deals and financing and, but not working with the client. That's like me okay. saying that. <laughs> and, um, I, at that time, I had all these ideas about why I had to stay in this job. And it was, there was a lot of victim mindset. There was a lot of blaming. There was a lot of just completely feeling stuck. And I couldn't figure out how to get out. And I actually spent the next four years miserable in this job. And it took, um, at that time was when I really started my growth journey. And I, I actually went to this place called the Hoffman Institute, which is mm-hmm. a gorgeous, amazing retreat, very healing. And it was there that I finally had this shift in awareness of I'm responsible for my life. Huh. And I, it was about a year after that, when I finally got the courage and all the pieces fell into place for me to leave, to start my own firm. What, and drew, so you to that, what drew you to that Hoffman Institute? Did you someone know, tell I, you about I, it? Yes, it was actually, I had a coach through Tony Robbins, which was the first coach I ever worked with. And she had said to my husband at that time, and I, she said, listen, before you have kids, you have to go to this Hoffman Institute because I went later in life and the deepest regret was that I didn't go sooner. 
Huh. And I was like, okay, okay. So I went and um, there are some elements of the Hoffman Institute, actually some little pieces of what I've integrated into the retreats that I hold now. The most important one being you go there with no identity. You don't tell anyone your last name, what you do for business. So there are some people who are super successful, eight figure businesses, high profile people, and some people who are, you know, other end of the spectrum, but you're all just there together as humans going through this process. Oh, cool. Yeah. I saw that on yours that you do that with your retreats. That that is so cool. I love that. So they did that at the Hoffman Institute. They did. And that was where, that was the first time I ever had an experience of really letting go of your personal identity so that you can be fully in an experience and experience the other people, which is actually also a reflection back on yourself. It's so powerful. And um, I had massive growth there. And then now the retreats that I hold, we curate the people in a different way. So it's not the same kind of mix of humans, but there's something that's so illuminating when you don't get to have, you know, what I do for a business, how much money I make, what car I drive, how many social media followers I have. And it's not many times in life that we get the freedom of that kind of experience. Right. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Very. Yeah. So, so you're, but you're married, you go with your, I'm not married. No, I know you're not married, but at this time you were married. I didn't, how did we get married? I was married there. Yes. I had been married to actually my partner, who's my daughter's dad. We met in undergrad. So when I went back from to school, we met there and, um, but you don't go with anyone, you know, so we went separately to the Hawkeye Institute. And then, um, that was a big leap. So as I'm sure you can resonate with and everybody listening, you know, that time when you finally realize like, I'm going to go for it in creating my own business, mm-hmm. but it's so scary. And it was the same for me. And my version was, it was like a big fall in my world from where I had been, you know, this mm-hmm. prestigious law firm and this office overlooking the Hollywood Hills and all this money and And so I finally get up the courage to leave and I go, and then I'm like, all right, I can do this. I'm a great lawyer. I can get clients. Like, and I started working in the first six months of my own business, I made $12,000. Oh, wow. And I was working hard. I know. Okay. So this wasn't like I was hanging out. I was really hustling, trying to get business and it wasn't happening. And I was so embarrassed. I was really afraid because I needed to be making money and I didn't understand why I couldn't figure that out. It seemed like I should. And that was the first time really consciously I was like, I'm going to find someone who can teach me how to grow my business because I know I can do this. I just need to know how. Mm -hmm. And that was really kind of the Hoffman Institute. And then this was really the time when I fully dove into coaching and finding the best mentors that I could and really like, how can I get to where I want to be faster and with right. more ease? Right. And I would say that piece really completely revolutionized my life from there. Explain that because you come across to me, that's like, if I was going to say, explain what I know about you from just our conversation at Michelle's birthday is, you know, how, like, you just have a way of pulling it out, like whatever you learned from at that stage of your life, I, I saw it in you. 
Does that make sense? I don't know what it's like. You see the value, like she must've seen the value in you and you saw how she pulled it out and got you on this track of creating abundance and, you know, financial stability in your life where before you didn't see that. Is that what you're talking about? In a way. So there have been a series of mentors since then that was over 10 years ago. And so the piece of what you're talking about, my way of pulling it out is actually the more willing I have been to see the truth about myself and the deeper I've gone and seeing the full truth about me, the more I can see just easily what's actually happening for people inside and who they really are. So it's not really that I learned a technique about it so much as I've been willing over and over and over again to keep looking at things, even when it's painful or even when it's scary. And then it's given me a gift of really awareness about other people and what's going on with them. Right. Totally. A hundred percent. I can relate to that, but so you're at 10 years into this, um, your own law firm, you made $12,000 in one year. Now you've, you're introduced to these coaches and you're trying to create, figure out how to create this momentum for your business. Yes. What's, what's yes. the shift? Well, if the first mentor there was about business and creating a successful law firm. So then I started really asking people for business in a different way before I had, we have this thing as lawyers, but I actually think that a lot of service providers, regardless of who you are, have this, which is kind of this deep-seated idea. If I'm good at what I do, I don't have to ask people for business. Right. And when I became aware of that idea that I was kind of like presenting myself in a certain way, but never saying, hey, what's going on with your your legal and your business? Do you want to talk about how and if I can help you? Mm-hmm. It changed everything. So I started asking, I started creating on a whole new level and what evolved out of that and why my law firm became so successful. I was willing to ask people anything that I wanted to really. And I created a whole new way of offering legal services. And what that was, I saw that entrepreneurs, especially service provider entrepreneurs, really, they want to know what the flat fee is. They need education about how the law affects their business. They need really great contracts, but don't have, you know, tons of money to pay for it. So I created these packages and I created this monthly retainer, which was basically, you could talk to me as much as you want during the month for $99. So that's how I started coaching my clients. I started telling them, Hey, call me your legal stuff. Call me. I can help you with more than that. I can help you with profitability, your employees, your mindset. You know, I just started offering. And then I ended up coaching hundreds of my clients, my legal clients. And then I formed a separate company. And at some point, which was about three years ago, a little over three years ago, I realized I could have a much bigger impact helping people than doing legal work. And so I sold my firm. Wow. That's so amazing that it was only three years ago when I look at you. Three years ago. And I, this business, I started about five because eventually my law firm was operating mostly on its own and I was doing a little bit of work, but I was traveling and I was creating this business. And so then I sold it to focus full time on really helping people. And it really is focused on women now fulfill their highest potential because there are so many women like you and I, 
and like the women listening and like the men too. I love men and this is not excluding men in any way. There's so many of us who are really set out to help people and really set out to be in service and have impact. And also a lot of times there's that feeling of, I know more is possible. I know that more is possible for me. And I actually have had that multiple times in my life and really in a big way a couple years ago where it's time to take a deeper look about why am I not feeling like I'm right now fulfilling my highest potential. And that's what my work is focused on now. Just keep digging. You just keep going deeper. Just keep going deeper. That is definitely one element. There's sometimes it's like you have to go down to go up. You got to go in there and like, look at what's not working, what your blind spots are. Another element of it that I think is huge is seeing yourself as this version of you. Yes. I think that's one of the hardest parts is like, if I know that let's say my business to have the full impact it's meant to have is for me to have an eight figure business. And I also know that the easy way forward is being that person now and visualizing it and seeing that as me already and feeling it. But the rub is, how do I imagine something I've never experienced? Mm-hmm. Tell me that, please. How exactly, <laughs> exactly. This is the thing. So that ends up being one of the biggest challenges because otherwise the way that we know how to do the thing, which in my example is the eight figure business is like, okay, I need to get more clients. I need to do this marketing. And we're doing the step by step by step building, which is important and required. But just doing that is the slow way. Right. Seeing you have that. Yes. So seeing yourself as already done all of that and living in that feeling, right? Yes. What is that? So is that you're meditating? You're doing that every day? Are you teaching people to like become that person that they see themselves and want them to be? I mean, how do you do it? Give me it. Well, you know, the, the, most important piece of how I do that is actually at this beyond the edge retreat. And here's the the situation with the retreat and the whole foundation of it is like, I started realizing I can talk and talk and we can do coaching and consulting and you can do therapy and you can do all these kind of conscious ways of seeing yourself as the eight figure entrepreneur. And this can apply to anything. If you want to be more playful, if you want to elevate your living in love, I mean, anything. Okay. I'm just right. using money as the example, but that we can do all this talking for a couple of years or having a peak experience where you feel yourself as that version of you, you know, it, your body experiences it is a game changer in so many powerful ways. And so I created this retreat where you come, there's no phone and no email. You don't have your name and your personal identification stuff with the other people there. So you're anonymous. And I basically curate a series of experiences for you to know that you are that person that is your next evolution. Each retreat is curated for the women who are there. And actually, even the people who are coming are curated for each other to make sure that everybody's adding to this experience for each other. And then we get together in what I call my playground for these four days 
to really experiencing yourself on a whole new level. And you created this just from like intuition or did you learn it from somewhere? All these little techniques that you do? Mm. I created it through working with some of the best coaches and consultants on the planet for literally over the last 10 years through some specifically working with a mentor, some specifically retreats and experiences that I've been on again over the past probably 15, 20 years. So I guess you could say it was intuitive and also having support, but yes. And and it continues to evolve also because depending on what the women are coming for, there are different pieces of, of what's needed. And it's, it's really fun. I'm co-creating this with the women attending, although they're not contributing consciously in that way, but I'm, I'm working with them and their energy and what they want. And it's a very, it's a really special experience. So you know, who's coming obviously by they do it. Do you know them deep and where they're like, you know, there's no one that is coming that just comes blindly. You have, you know, who's there, why they're there. You put them together. Yes. Yes. It's very highly curated for the people who are there for each other. And I've said, you know, the retreat is meant to have four to six women, but I would have one person come before I would just add people just to have people and everybody it's, it's with a conversation with me. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. And what is the, when you talk about the core belief and you have that morning routine, Yes, those are the two things that I want to know why those are so important to you. Cause that's a big part of your, what I've been reading. The core beliefs actually came out of the experience I alluded to a few minutes ago of about three and a half years ago. Now I had this experience where I had been doing all this growth work and I had sold my law firm and I, I was really, I thought consciously creating my life. And I arrived at this place where it was like on the outside, I had everything that I wanted. I had a partner and we were traveling. We're both entrepreneurs. So living free, I had my business. This, this business was operating and going well. I had this group of friends that I, I, we traveled the world and did all these fun things together. And just for you to know, this friend piece was really important to me. I had actually spent some years before that visioning, talking about, I want to have a group of friends who lives like the world is their playground. Mm -hmm. And at some point, somebody actually said to me, oh, I, I know people like that. You should meet this group of friends. So there were so many elements where it was like, I finally have put this all together right. into this life that I want. But in the moment of it, I was actually inside really lonely and really unhappy. Huh. And at that time, there were two pieces that I knew weren't really working. There was my business, which at that time was focused on lawyers because someone had marketing people had said like, hey, that's the easiest thing for you to do. And we were marketing. I can help you take your firm over a million dollars and working with lawyers. And I knew at that time, like the end all be all of what I would be doing wouldn't be helping lawyers build law firms, but I couldn't figure out how to shift that. I knew I wanted to do work with pleasure and with women. And I just, I couldn't put it all together. So I was kind of stuck there. And then the other big piece was my relationship. So I had spent a lot of time convincing myself that it was so magical and so great and convincing everybody around me of the same thing. 
but actually it really wasn't working. And it all came to a head at this point. I was on a a trip in Mexico with the friends, with my partner. We're in this beautiful little place that has the ocean crashing up against the wall and walking around with bare feet, eating amazing food, looking out the ocean. I mean, the whole thing. Right. And we had gotten into this big argument and he's like, Sloan, what are we going to do? Maybe we should just get married. And in that moment, and I mean, it was like, I loved him. And that was something actually I really wanted for my life. And in that moment of him saying that in pain, I had this awareness of like, this can't be my life. This, I'm not doing this anymore. And I, from there, the next little bit of time, I ended my relationship. I put all these friendships, all this stuff on hold. I just really paused my life to go and look at how is it that I consciously created this life that turns out it's not really what I wanted at all. I knew something was off with me. And what came out of it was awareness that I was living from a set of core beliefs that really didn't support me creating what I wanted in life. And so I started looking at core beliefs. I started figuring, getting myself into alignment. I started working with my clients in, in this area. And out of all of that came these five core beliefs that are really around what are the core beliefs that you embody as a person when you want the ultimate success? You want the most you know, wealth and success in your business. You want to feel fulfilled. You want to have your greatest impact. Like you want the whole thing requires that you're living from a place of these five core beliefs. Right. And so that's where, where all of that came from. And it really like practicing these And maybe most people are already practicing them a lot, but practicing them all the way in every area you possibly can is a complete game changer. What are the five? Can you share those? Yes. Yes. Okay. The first one is create a life you love passionately. And this one is really, so you're doing that. The people listening, I know you're already doing that. You're already focused on what you really want in life. And the place to look is where are the instances where you're just, kind of glossing over the things that you don't love passionately. You know, for me, I had some pretty big examples in my life, but for a lot of people, it might be you have a friend who just drones on and on and on and talks all the time. And instead of saying like, Hey, it's really hard for me when you do that, you just kind of like listen and let them talk sometimes. Right. That is a tiny little piece of no matter if you're moving on in this life, you really love when you come up to that friendship and that relationship, you go, your energy goes down. Right. Totally. You're also giving yourself the message of it's more important what this person thinks and feels than me. So I'm not good enough is the message that now is coming in. Right. So this is like in every area, create a life you love passionately. And so just before we continue, so going back to the, your relationship, you were realizing this first belief that you created out of it, that experience was your partner was not bringing your, the best out of you. Well, I definitely don't blame that on him. I would say this, it was more about the relationship and even the group of friends. It was more like I had this intellectual idea of 
well, having that relationship and having this group of friends is going to make me happier will be the ultimate fulfillment. And instead of paying attention to how I was feeling along the way, right, which is disconnected at times from the friends, I never felt fully like, oh, this is my people. I belong here. Or with my partner, we would be going on this amazing trip and I'd be crying on the flight there over something. Instead of paying attention to those things, I was letting my mind override of like, no, you know what? This is what I wanted. This is the thing. And then bulldozing a lot of what was happening underneath. Right. Got it. Paying attention to the truth of what's going on for you right now, not something in the future that I'm going to create and build and do all this stuff now so I can have this or feel good here or any of that. Right. Does that make sense? Yes, totally. I love it. Okay. What's the second one? This is a good one. Your darkness is your path to wholeness. Claim it. So a lot of times we do this thing where we're like, I'm going to do more healing. I'm going to have all this growth. I'm going to all this stuff. And that way I can get rid of all the darkness inside of me. And the darkness I'm going to call, we're using the word like darkness in quotes because even referring to it that way makes it seem wrong or bad. Right. But what I'm referring to is things in your past that you've done or been that you're not proud of or ways of being and behavior that you know you don't enjoy or other people don't really enjoy. Got it. And there's this element of making it wrong, trying to push it down, pretending like that's not you, trying to heal it all that keeps a person separate. It keeps you making yourself wrong. It keeps you not good enough. And an alternate way to say it is when you really start to accept all of the parts of you, even the ugliest parts, even the past that was really wretched, whatever it is, there's this, this way of being in the world where it's like, I have things about me that are really tender and at times make me really sad that either that's who I was or that's a behavior that I have. And I don't have anything to hide. Hmm. I can let my fullness of my light shine because even if you see those things about me, it's okay because I've seen them and I'm okay with it. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. What do you think about that? The darkness? Well, I growing maturing in life and looking back at we were bringing dark my dark little flashes of my life that I probably aren't proud of or whatever but you know as a mom too like raising children and you visioning like trying to prepare them for life and you know you want to have the there's going to be the ups and the downs and the mistakes and the you know all the little lessons along the way but looking at it like gosh I'm so glad I did those that whatever darkness because that is who I am. And I wouldn't be who I am today if I didn't have those, those moments of what I could before regret or, you know, never look at it. Like I always look at everything's perfect. It's always working for your highest good. You know, our saying in this house is everything's working for you, not to you. Mm -hmm. And to look at life in that way and look at those darkness as those are gifts, you know, the gift of all those little things that you might've thought were terrible and you wanted to hide or not tell anyone. Those are gifts. Those are like the things that bring the love and the beauty out in you. I think that make you that sole person that you are here to be on this planet in this human body. Right. I love that. We say everything is unfolding for my greatest good. So yes, we're totally aligned. And sometimes even knowing that intellectually knowing that 
still we have those pieces that when you think about it or you remember this thing, it's like, oh, you know, that activation and that pain inside. And I'll give you an example. I've had a lot of growth and evolution in being a mom. And up until the age of seven with my daughter, I was actually playing out a lot of the patterns of the ways that I was raised and some of my interactions with my mom and in my version of it. But when I really actually had this huge life change and I started looking at it, for me, that's the most tender because I, I care so much about my daughter and I want to be the best mom and just like you and everybody else, we want to do the best we can for our kids. So when I think about that, and even with the healing and all this, it's still a little tender for me. The practice that I have is being tender with myself about it. So instead of like trying to logic it away, because it does physically, I can feel the tenderness instead of like, well, it was for her best good and all this stuff that of course Mm -hmm. I know. And I do believe I might do like a little, oh yeah, that's really hard to remember. Or sometimes like, you know, touch my face and just try to comfort myself. Like, yeah, that is like one of the most tender things that I can think of about who I was. Right. And it's really this practice of like learning and acting and loving myself through this, these pieces that sometimes are hard to accept that they were me. Right. Especially when you're talking about your children, Yeah, you know, and being a mom. And I mean, that's one of my greatest gifts of my life are my children. And, you know, and I think with my putting together my programs for these kids and watching them, you know, they're like sponges. They want to know these things. And even with, with your daughter and getting to know her and under seeing what you've instilled in her, you know, and just like, gosh, what a gift you've been. But, you know, when you think of the loving yourself for those moments that, oh, I wish I could have a redo, but instead of looking at it, at it that way, because everything's perfect, you know, and to know that it is for her highest good and to see her now, to look at her and where she's come and what she can, I mean, to hear her in that camp and talking and, and I'm just thinking, you know, here I am. So I've ingrained everything you've ingrained in her and my girls in that mindset of when they leave my little nest here, that I feel in my heart that I've given them everything I can. Even if it were those days that I wish I could do a redo, those are still part of their little story. And it's the story that they're building. And it's your story that you had with your mom and, you know, and it's our story and it's beautiful. It's like, we're writing a book, we're creating this thing. And I, you know, I tell the girls all the time, you know, in, in a low moment in life, when you think it should have been another way, or, you know, all the things that you feel are bad or wrong, or look at it like, you don't need to have a redo. Look at it, all the beauty and the love in that because it's for your highest good. It's for the growth. And if we don't have those times, then we're not going to get to that. We're going to keep moving up the mountain. We need to keep expanding and ascending into this new level. But we can't just, we wouldn't come here if there wasn't contrast, right? We need the contrast to grow. And when I say to things, when I look back at my little times, well, gosh, thank goodness I see that as the wrong, 
right? Mm -hmm. And that we didn't continue that. And that now we, you know, it's like, correct. You know, it's like the, the ship, you know, or whatever, you know, I always talk about the yellow brick road, you know, we're going to go, there's going to be a Y in the road. We're going to do that way or this way. It's our choices, but we learn from our choices and then we'll get back on that yellow brick road. And, you know, we do it, we're going to do it again, but we came here to learn the contrast. We want the contrast. Life would be boring if we didn't have the contrast and we wouldn't expand, you know? So, yeah, so true. And I read this book that was, it's all this study about how for kids, it is the best for them to actually have all these challenges growing up and that they have the most perseverance. They have the most ability to thrive in real life. And so I get all that intellectually. And then it feels like a different story when it's, but I want to be a perfect mom. Totally. (laughs) I believe that. I mean, I'm, I say the same thing and I'm like, I believe it. And I don't want them to have that. You know, I always, people say, oh, you got to let your kids figure it out on their own. And, you know, I, I think of me as a, what my mom let me do. Like, I remember in high school, she let us go on a plane. We went to Palm Springs. <laughs> my, my sister and I, I'm like, I would never let Paige do that, <laughs> you know, but gosh, I really learned, you know, I look at, I mean, life is so much different now than it was back when I was her age, but, you know, you think the independence and the figuring out the problems and learning things and making the mistakes and, oh, I figured that out and I made that mistake, but, you know, like encouraging them to take the risk to fall, right. And to figure out, oh, well, I fell then I might as well take a bigger risk because I did that. I can still do, I can still fall, but I know I can get back up. Yeah. Yeah, it's such powerful work that you're doing. And I know for me, when we first met this conversation, I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, we get each other. Oh, funny. <laughs> totally. I loved it. I came home and it's like, oh, I met this new friend. I love her so much. I can't wait. She's going to be in my life. Okay, go to the other ones. I want to hear okay. the other ones because you first are amazing. Yes. Number three is you are worthy of radical self-love now. And the idea of radical self-love and the reason we're using the word radical is because What would it look like if no question, no exceptions, you don't doubt yourself, you don't question yourself, you don't make yourself wrong anymore? And this isn't about becoming a narcissist. It's, of course, we can have, you know, objective looking at, you know, I could have showed up better there, or "Mm, I want to do a redo, request a redo with someone or whatever. But the idea is this the spiral of being hard to ourselves inside ends to move into a gentleness always period, because I don't need more healing. I don't need anything else to be good enough right now. I deserve Mm -hmm. to treat myself well. Mm. And that's huge. And a lot of people are doing a lot of work on intellectually understanding that. And still there's that like, I move forward more powerfully. I get things done. I feel like I'm safe by whipping myself inside. Right. So this core belief is about making a decision to stop that. Right. And, you know, I look at people that I, you know, either coach or run into friends that it's, that's such a heart when they have that in them and they have to constantly have that battle. Mm -hmm. I just find that's, to get to that core and like get it out of there, you know, you just really have to, I mean, for, I know I'm sure your magic, your, the way you do it. But with me, when I see that I, I can see it so clearly 
And I try to figure out how to shift that their mind to thinking, oh my gosh, this is like, even with this little girl that I'm working with, she's 14 and struggling so much with her identity and what she wants to be really. And I look at it and I think, okay, you know, that's who she is, you know, and I, what do I do? Am I supposed to change that? You know, and no, this is who she really is, you know, and to let her see and explore that, but to make her feel that it's okay. You know, I just feel like these days with the, this generation that we're raising these children in is a whole different ball game. Yeah. You know, it's so different for parents that weren't raised that way to understand and be acceptable, you know, right? Yes, for sure. And to be raised with this idea is um, really important. And we can only raise kids with this awareness if we have it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah, good. Okay. So number four is honoring your desires is an act of generosity. And the idea is if there are any places in your life where you feel like you need to sacrifice for someone else, that it's actually not in their best interest. So we have a lot of women especially feel like, oh, for my kids, I need to sacrifice my partner. I put myself last I because I want to take care of them, because I want the best for them. And this idea is to turn that inside out with the concept that on a big picture level, and I think it's easier to see outside of your life than inside. If you have a woman who, let's say, has a, a partner and a family who's feeling good, who's loving her life, who's taking care of herself, who's just exuding this like overflow of goodness, how that emanates into the people's lives around her versus someone who's depleted, exhausted, like checking every single thing off the list and everybody has taken care of, but she's, you know, down there at the bottom of the list or way down on the list. The energy that's going into the family and the actions and all of it is completely different. Mm -hmm. But when we're in it, sometimes we get this idea that you need to sacrifice for your client's benefit or for them to stay your clients or for their greatest service, or you need to do this for your partner, your kids. So this concept is really like owning the faith that when I'm taken care of and when I'm following my inner guidance, Mm -hmm. that everyone around me is the best off that they can possibly be. Even if to my small human mind, I can't quite see how that works out yet. Right. Oh, you don't know. I have tears because I, every morning I, I'm a huge morning ritual. That's the first week of all my classes is teaching a morning ritual. And I've always been a morning person getting up at like at four in the morning and I do all my gratitude. I mean, I have a full, you know, system that I, and then I go do my exercise and I come home and the girls are just waking up so I can make them breakfast. But that's that time before is worth every part of waking, getting out of bed, even though you're thinking, oh my gosh, I could sleep longer. I don't even, that doesn't even enter my mind. I cannot wait to get up. And I know that I'm putting that in me. You know, so I can become that person that when they wake up and Richard, you know, I'm the first person they see as this completely tapped in, tuned in, turned in, turned on person because I did the work and I made it. And that's a priority to me. And when you put that effort into fulfilling you and, you know, making yourself 
I mean, I call it vibration or, you know, getting in alignment, you know, all the things, everybody is in that. It's just contagious. It's, I always say to people, like, once you get your vibration up, you, like you can't, like I tell the girls when they go to school, we've done, they do all the work too. You know, they've done it since they were in first, when they can talk, read and write their gratitude journal. But we do that all to start on that place, but we feed our soul. So then everyone around us is feeling that, you know, and we're the the thermometer or the thermostat, you know, whatever that's, you know, we're, we're the ones that bring the rest of the room up, you know, to that degree. Right. Isn't that what you're talking about? So true. So true. That's, you know, the benefit of doing this, which is it does require faith. So even sometimes, you know, having a desire, let's say to start a new business and you feel like, well, my family's, finances could be at risk. And it's really moving from the faith in every area of life, including this, that if I am feeling guided towards this new business, that it is going to be the best for everyone around me. And then taking action from that place. Right. I mean, they all, I see what, when all five of your, I haven't heard the fifth one, but they all interconnect. Yes, for sure. And the Mm -hmm. fifth one is really juicy. You're going to like it. Okay. Pleasure is the fire to supercharge your greatness. Okay. So we, especially as women, are really good at putting pleasure like way down on the list or allocating it to the bedroom. And having this idea somehow that like pleasure should just be turned on to be in the bedroom and then I'm going to be in the full pleasure of my body. And it's all an illusion because we are meant to be in pleasure all the time. Mm-hmm. And pleasure can be anything from really enjoying this conversation that we're having, which I am, and I love it, and feeling that and noticing it, to actual sexual pleasure, sensual pleasures, to being creative in your business, being creative with your kids, being creative with your partner. I mean, it can be any kind of experience, but pleasure is in the present moment. So. Right we're become really accustomed to being in the past to being in the future. And we kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll save my pleasure for later when I get this checklist done. And when you embody this core belief, pleasure is the fire to supercharge your greatness. Another way to say it is you cannot be in your greatness if you're not feeling pleasure. Right. It is required. Totally so required. To be the fullness of who you're meant to be and the impact you're meant to have and living your life as fully as you know as possible, it has to also be a focus on feeling good and consciously enjoying that feeling good in everything that you're doing. And if you can't enjoy the thing, to really honestly look at moving it out of your life or getting it off of your plate. Right. So... Okay. So for that one, I feel like that one, if you start with that one, start, start with that. you start with number five, I feel okay. like, okay. because I feel like to be in the moment, to live with that place, all the other stuff will not become easier, but they all kind of will come together in a better, like it will just like emanate everything to the next degree. But I feel like that pleasure thing and the feeling like, oh my gosh, that is the focus of my right now, this present moment to be in this feeling of my life is this beautiful, amazing pleasure. I don't know, place to be like just love. Right. But when you live like that, 
And it's always in my classes, it's, you know, it's always about living in the now. This is all we have is today. It's a gift. Yesterday's gone. We don't know tomorrow, but live right now. And I, you know, even dealing with some of the adults that I'm teaching, you know, they, they're like a little older than I am, but living with the, the rear view mirror so big and they keep living in the past so bad. And I'm like that your rear view mirror is bigger than the, than your windshield. It is so big. And there's a reason the windshield is bigger than the rear view mirror. So let's focus on the, on the win right now. We're looking at right now, but when you look at the now and you live in the moment and you realize today's a gift and that our whole job here is to be love and have fun and have a, an amazing time on this planet. Yes. That's it. Yes. And coming from love or fear. I mean, it goes back to that. I mean, the basics, are you coming from love or fear? Right. So true. And so for all of these core beliefs, I just want to acknowledge that for some people and me included, maybe a lot of people, we at first have to do some deeper growth to be able to really live in these beliefs because there's two levels of the belief. There's on the outer level, knowing it, hearing it, being able to talk about it, say it. And then there's the inner level, which is like 95% of the effectiveness of it, which is really feeling the truth of this and living from that place genuinely, where it's like, you're naturally wanting to live from this place. Right. It becomes a muscle, right? It becomes your, yeah. Yes. And sometimes we're talking about the windshield gets really foggy and cloudy from all your past material and needs to be cleaned out, healed, looked at, shined a light on with awareness any of those pieces to really feel like you're living from this place. So I just want to say that to anyone who's like, well, yeah, that all sounds great. Or I'm trying to do it, but it feels like there are things in the way that's okay. And that's actually really understandable. Right. But it's also good that you, that if they're listening and they, at least they're acknowledging it. And I feel like once you, like, I think, your limiting beliefs, right? Your those are the triggers, the things that you're like, whoa, Ashley, why did you react to that? But I I have that awareness, so it's becoming smaller. I mean, you're always going to have that those little beliefs that limit you, because that's who we are as humans, and why we programmed our children, and we were programmed, you know, when we were little, and they are, stay strong, you know. But if you become aware of those, and they become, you can acknowledge it instead of just living blindly and like living like a robot, that's when the deep dark goes, you get deeper and you start to realize, and then you see the magic. Don't you agree with that? Is that what you mean? Yeah, I think so. It's like looking at the places where you feel like you're held back or you're stagnant or you're not fully living in this idea, even though it sounds really good, definitely over time, then it's like, it's not affecting your life in the same way. Right. For sure. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like, well, for you, give me an example of your, the way you, you live your life, like your morning routine, you, how you like a parenting, we're coming to the end. So I want to kind of wrap it up in my little Sloan's world, but how do you live your life? Like what has transformed you and what do you really believe in even teaching your daughter? How I live my life. I live my life really freely being me, doing what I want to do, saying what I want to say, looking for the places that either I'm out of integrity or I'm in old patterns. I'm a recovering people pleaser. So 
I'm really consciously living for me and all the things, but then I'll find little places like, oh, the people pleaser came out in that conversation or in that decision and looking at that to always like, okay, okay, look at that. How am I going to shift that? Or what would I do differently next time? And I also live with a lot of spaciousness. So we were talking about, you know, numbers of friends and people were around. And the further I go in this journey, in my life journey, the more thoughtful I am about who I spend time with. And I also actually need a lot more time on my own for creativity, for recharging. And um, I've really created and cultivate and continue to. This is a really important practice of my life to cultivate a special, tender, sweet, sexy relationship with myself. Hmm. I continue to focus on that. And that's also something that I teach my daughter because what I've come to see is that when you have a relationship with yourself that you genuinely love, that all other relationships have the opportunity to flourish in a whole new way. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's beautiful. You're beautiful. As we wrap up, what are like, we can sign up for your retreats on your website, warriorsoftheheart.com. Yes. You can sign up for a phone call with me. For a phone call. I mean, right. Explore the retreat. And I would love to connect with anyone who is connected or interested in this conversation we're having. And that could be on Facebook. My name is Sloan and I only have one name, so I'm easy to find. And if you do connect with me there or on Instagram is heart and Sloan, like heart and soul, but heart and Sloan with an E. If you do connect with me on Instagram or Facebook, just send me a message. So I know it's from this and that you're a a real human. And I would love to get to know anybody who feels aligned with this conversation because I'm always growing my community of women. We have a community on Facebook called the Phoenix Collective, where it's juicy conversation, women growing together, supporting each other. You're also welcome to check us out there if you're interested. So amazing. So grateful to have met you. I know it was in divine timing and perfection as everything is. And you're beautiful. Thank you. You are too. Thank you for this beautiful conversation our time together. I know. See, it goes fast when you love it so much. And when I looked at the time, I go, oh my goodness. Anyway, thank you, Sloan. I loved it. Thank you. I love you too. Okay. I love you too. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, always look for the magic.